Welcome to the Liberated Latina Podcast, your space to be activated and elevated so you can become a sought-after coach online. I'm your host, Daisy Lopez, visibility coach helping amazing women of color coaches reclaim their voice and have a poppin' and profitable online presence. Visibility is so much deeper than just strategy and mindset alone. Here you'll get the concepts and tools that will amplify your message and catapult you as an irresistible choice in your niche. The time for women of color leadership is here. Ready? Of course you are. Let's dive into the episode. All right, my loves, welcome back to another episode of the Liberated Latina podcast and welcome to another client spotlight series, arguably some of my most favorite episodes to record because it's always so sweet to be able to get back in a room with a client, especially after um, a period of time together working so intimately and be able to just allow them to take that spotlight and get to share all the amazing work that they're doing, not just within their business, but out in the world. So Raquel, thank you so much for agreeing to come on here and I've just been like so excited to have this conversation. (laughs) So thank you for being here. Me too. Oh, let's just start off like super basic. Why don't you share a little bit about um, your brand, the Truly Yours brand, and what inspired you to go into this work? Because you have a PhD, you've been in academia for a really long time, you've been in the classroom, but what was that, what was that inkling to go down the path of being an entrepreneur and doing the work that you do with your brand? I always call it was like my journey out of, out of burnout. I had finally gotten the PhD. It took me like 13 years. I always say 13 years of schooling. Many of those years were working full time as well. And I had hit a breaking point where like I was rushing to finish the PhD and then I finished it. And it's like, we all say this, we like have been rushing towards some goal line. We get there and the sensation and the feeling when you get there is not a sense of accomplishment. Like I had graduation was coming and I was like I don't like I don't want to do this like what am I celebrating here it felt like I was celebrating a part of myself that didn't really exist anymore which is this person who just keeps achieving in an effort to get acknowledgement and acceptance but I knew like I knew two years before I finished that I didn't want to finish but I'm not a woman who doesn't finish which she said she's gonna finish um so I just went through with it um and then at the end of it I like joined this really powerful group coaching container for like three to four months. And um, I joined it mainly because I had a lot of tools by then and I was still very anxious and felt like I was functioning as though I was still doing a PhD. Like it felt like the running just didn't end, even though the project had ended. I maybe had just taken on something or just like, it just was not stopping. And so this group coaching program was really, really powerful. And as a result of going through that program, I realized like what my greater purpose is and what I wanted to do was to coach people. Actually not coach people. What I said was like hold space for women. And so initially I went on the journey of like, okay, my writing, because my writing has always been the thing I've been writing since I've been 12 or 13. And so then I went on that journey of like, oh yeah, let me do this thing with writing. And I want to talk about wellness and women's well-being because I was just like literally coming up and out and using all these tools. And I was like, people need to hear about this. And I need to talk to women of color about this. Um, And that was just the very beginning of the journey. And that's why the name of the company is Truly Your Salute. Like to me, it was always about how do I make sure that women know that this is a movement about them? It's not just me like starting a business with my name on it. Like I just didn't really like that. It's not who I am. And for me, wellness was like all about all the things like body, mind, heart, and soul. Um, But as I went down the entrepreneurial journey, as I'm sure many people know, um, you believe you're going to do this one thing um, and then you do it or you take a course on it. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to be a fabulous blogger. I have a personal blog. I can monetize this. Like I can do this. And then I was like, you're stealing my joy away. Like, I don't know if I can monetize my writing. And I was like, I decided not to do that in the real world in some senses. I didn't, I didn't want to do journalism or anything like that. So I was like, no, this is, this is not it. So I went on a journey to hiring people and figuring out like, what else can I do? Uh, because what I realized in the well-being journey was like, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to leave education. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know if it's full-time work somewhere else in or out of the industry. And so the business has felt like, how do I, how do I find what I'm meant to do and actually get paid for it? Because I have spent 15 years 
and education, doing stuff I don't always want to do. And so my my response always when I'm exploring something is like, does this bring me joy? Is this in alignment with that? Because I think other people have different purposes in business. And for me, it's always about how do I center wellness and well-being of me, which is about like me doing shit that lights me up. Not because I, I already have a job where I love the majority of it, but I don't love all of it. So I don't want to just sign up for a business in which I'm like, yeah, I need to make money. I'm like, well, no, there's a million ways to make money. I can go sit over here and make some money. Um, I want to sit here and make money in the way that I feel like I've been brought to this earth to do. Like that kind of like soul work is what I feel like I've been searching for. And I say searching for because I guess it's been a year and a half of this journey. And I feel like I'm just sort of getting to where I think I'm meant to serve. And I feel like it's still just the beginning. Um, yeah. 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 I love that because we, we can lose sight, especially online when we're scrolling and everyone's like, I'm two years in and I've hit seven figures and it can kind of feel like we have to just get there as fast as possible. But there's a beauty in realizing that when we say yes to entrepreneurship, we can go the, the like pushing fast pace, just get there already type of energy, but it can also be we can realize that two years in the lifespan of the next however long of our business, and especially if we're thinking more in terms of that legacy, like fully intending our, for our brand to have a life of its own so it can outlive us even after we're gone, like what's two years, right? In <laughs> the first three years, I'd say, even still now, I feel like I'm finally turning the corner and like really getting to the crux of what this is, but there's so much discovery in it. And I love that you've mentioned that you've felt into your compass of what you want to be your North Star. And it's that joy and that fulfillment. Because, yeah, there's so many ways we can make money. Like we can pick up a waitressing job. We can like there's so many ways we can Uber Eats. Like there's so many right, ways right. to make money right now. But if we let just making money rule in our business, then it's not going to be, to your point, that more holistic sense of success. And then we're back to where we could be at a cozy desk nine to five job. Yeah. So I also want, like, I want to also correct. I think everybody's in it for whatever they're in it for. Yeah. Like if for you, right. Because when people sell to me about like a life of freedom, it doesn't speak to me. Cause I'm always like, what is that freedom a cost of my mind doing something I don't want to do. Right. Versus other people just having the freedom to call the shots is what makes them happy. They don't give a shit what they're doing. Right? right. Versus for me, like, I don't live like that. Like, I, I can't live like that. That's just not me. That's not how I'm made. And so that's why I'm very much like, why are you in it? If it doesn't matter how you spend your time in order to gain the freedom to do whatever that freedom means to you, which is to be flexible support for your family or to travel or to do whatever. Like, I think that's why the online market is beautiful. You can find whoever probably wants to do what you're interested in doing. I'm just not that gal who's going to toot this idea because to me what I do in order to get there is what matters more because I need sort of like more like like holistic freedom not just like financial freedom and time right. freedom right and I love that it's so on brand because it's all about being truly yours not truly anybody yeah. else's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's so on brand yeah. mm -hmm. um so I'm curious because early earlier in the year we met on like a target market research call and I'm curious how did you end up getting that link was it on my Instagram story I don't even know how yeah you were on stories I think I knew someone who knew you and they had tagged you in something and then I went to go follow you and then I think I saw a story and I was like that's cool I haven't met many other Latinos that are coaches whatever sounds like it's a networking like and to me it just felt very like um like it wasn't even connected to what you do because I read through the lines because I have a PhD in reading words um I'm an English major, right? And so I was like, oh, this is her like really figuring something out. That sounds fun. And it sounded like it was looking for women like me. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I don't see this anywhere. I've seen a lot of networking stuff, but I don't see many people of color. They're usually sprinkled in with the, <laughs> the rest, right? Um, and so I was like, oh, this will be fun. Let me connect with somebody. Um, because business, I was in a lot of business programs with a lot of white people. <clears throat> and so when I saw you, I was like, oh, this is nice. Um, <laughs> And I think that's why I signed up. I was like, ooh, no matter what, like I will have met someone who's in the field doing something. Um, and we can stay in contact as clearly she's interested in networking. So, yeah. Yeah, I love those calls because that's always a main connection. Like 
the connection point is the connection and just like having this room where it's not just like taking from somebody but also having a space for people to receive um and that's what I really love about those calls is that like it, it truly is that space to connect as humans and then also exchange in sharing stories which um you know, of course, I like to just hear to have a pulse on what's happening. But then there's like this, yeah, this give and take of like, share this, I'll share that. It's just beautiful. And I remember meeting like, yeah, that call, it felt like it was only 30 minutes or so. But I I remember like we you answered my questions. And then we did some coaching. And I was like, all right, cool. You're cool. Maybe talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really, um, I loved your energy because it just was so detached, but in a very emotionally like healthy way. I think sometimes out in these streets, it's like white people can be cold. I mean, I hate to call it. It's like, right. It's just the reality of that, um, of that culture and what, depending on what country they're from. Right. And so when I met with you, because sometimes coaching can be very cold, even if it isn't a person, even if it is a person of color, like sometimes just their aura and their like, just, is just like, it feels a little just like very divided. Yeah, exactly. Like just like stay over there. And it's like, okay, dude. But work like going into that meeting, I was like, oh, that felt very like healthy and like a warm, but there are boundaries. And I got some support and clearly I answered some questions for her. And so it felt reciprocal, but also felt like, like, oh, there can be like something in between like absolute coldness and definitive boundaries and and feel like you're giving towards someone else yeah 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 it was a really beautiful time and shortly after that I was behind the scenes ditching my launch and and opening up uh own your voice which is the first time I had held a group and then a somatic led group and I'm curious because that was kind of the start of our deeper coaching relationship what where were you at and what was it about that container that spoke to you I think I got to know you through Instagram and I was just really impressed by how simple you made things. You're like, this is the thing I'm doing. You want to join me? Let me know. Um, and I was like, oh, it can be that simple. And she made it very clear what it was. The outcome is clear. The number, like, it was just all very, it was like really simple, but like also made me wonder, do I know my voice? You know, I've, at the point that I met you, I think I had tried to get a program up for women of color and I had spent hours doing research market research and nobody bought I was like okay I don't like I don't know um and so at that point I was like figure I was like taking a moment because I think in November last year my grandmother had passed and everything was like a question of like what am I doing what is this um and then the no came and I was like okay we need a minute like I think I'm just being told to take a second because like what I'm imagining is just not you know like it felt like a push more than like a, a guiding too. I was like, yeah, I could do this thing, but I didn't really feel that confident in it, um, honestly. And I just wanted to get started, but no one signed up. And so I had met you a few months later and you were talking about on your voice for like a month or so. And I was like, you know, I think I know my voice in the classroom and as someone who like works this job. Um, so when I looked at what your offering was, I was like, well, but who am I, who do I want to be in the bit? Like I get to decide. I think that's one of the funnest and most scariest things as an entrepreneur is like you get to decide so many things. And so I was like, well, what's my voice? Like, what's really my voice? Because academia, like even as I speak now, like I have more of a Long Island accent. And so it's coming out more now. Um, But I spent years, I went to an Ivy. It was like very obvious. Like I changed the actual tone of my voice and I sound very academic. And there are other moments where I'm just like not. And so I was like, well, what is my voice in the business? Like, because the voice as an academic is not, it's just part of the system, right? And that's what I wanted to explore because I felt so lost. And it was interesting because at that time I was struggling with my voice as I was in energy coaching. Like I knew what my voice sounded like in the classroom. I didn't know how to iterate um, or reiterate boundaries within a coaching or like even, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like I hadn't taken the things from the classroom and implemented it in one-on-one coaching like I actually had difficulty um not asking questions but like making certain parameters clear and guiding the session like there were moments I was like who am I like I have been doing this in a classroom for like 15 years like you're telling me I can't handle this one-on-one I'm like well you've never done this 
right? Um, and one-on-one -on -one is very different than group. Group is like very quick and easy for me. But one-on-one -on -one was like, oh, like, oh, I get to guide. It took me like months to realize, oh, I get to like guide the session. I get to like tell them what we're going to do. Because it's a one-on-one -on -one, and because I'm like a person who's recovering from struggling with boundaries, I'm like, well, I just can't, I can be taken for a ride. Um, and so when I had met you, I was like in the midst of energy coaching school, really figuring out my voice. And I'm like, oh, like I don't have a voice here. I was like, but everybody hears me in my other world. I was like, yeah, because you spent 15 years cultivating that voice. Um, and and so, yeah, that's where I had met you. And I was like, okay, I think there's something here. Um, and I remember that that time in the program was really powerful because at the end I had to like face the reality of what I'm here to do which felt like a really big mission and a really big purpose that I was not willing necessarily to be like oh yeah I'm here for that um because I had just imagined I'm just here to help women figure out all the ways in which they can be healthy because I had learned a long time ago I was like I'm never going to have enough certifications to help them with all these things um and there's so many ways it can be helped. And then in our time together, I realized like, oh, like I'm supposed to like expand this mission so that I'm helping women who help other women so that the reach is actually much larger than what I could do individually. And I just couldn't have seen that. Um, I don't think if I hadn't joined the program and been open to exploring like what I'm really, like what I'm really here to do. Oof. Yeah. The, what, the, what's so powerful about the voice is that it calls into question identity. And and that was a question I was asking myself, right? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So it's it's a this powerful doorway to identity and how we see ourselves. Because yeah, like in corporate, I would call it my white voice. Like I would put my white voice on and try to get my accent, like <laughs> control my Miami accent. Um, to no avail, because people would still be like, Where are you from? And what? What is this accent? Um but it's true, like we we live our life trying to let other things decide who we are, but then in entrepreneurship and especially in marketing, if we let anything else other than ourselves dictate who we are and how we want to identify, then yeah, we're going to be taken for a ride because that's going to change depending on whether we're a group or one-on-one, -on -one, whether we're online or we're not, whether we're on Instagram or TikTok. Like if we let anything else dictate who we are, it's, it's going to be a moving target and it's going to, always going to be hard to have that that click that we want to feel in business. Mm. Um, so I love that you and people sense that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sense it. Yeah. And you remind me too, I was on this journey with Instagram. If you look at my Instagram beginning post, like I don't even think I went on camera. I would like literally record a voice and put an image that was like a static image. And I think as I was meeting you, I think I finally was getting sort of out there. And I was like, but I don't even know who I am. Like even when I'm talking about wellness or in other things, I feel like I'm like still figuring out like who I am. And so I think that also contributed to it. Yeah. How do you think um, Own Your Voice played into the immersion? Because after Own Your Voice, we did a, a private one-on-one -on -one immersion together and you were launching. Yeah. During yeah. that time. So how do you, how did you see that kind of flow in? Because I mean, launching is all about like identity, belief, conviction like there's so much there so what was your what were your breakthroughs in that I think now as I look back I realize I was very much doing the opposite of how I actually run in the world which I can be very like this is a goal you do these many things to get there and I think I had seen the other offer didn't go through in my other approach and I was like I gotta let this go like I can't not that I can't be invested in it but this can't be like end all be all here like some of my other coaches remind me like you all want to cry about this but like people are dying in different parts of the world like let's gather a little perspective here like right like there's actual things right and so I think sometimes we can get all tied up in it and I'm like we need a minute like I'm just gonna take a minute I'm gonna explore this interest I'm gonna talk to people I'm gonna do some pro bono work and just like see what happens versus the first offer was very much like this is what I think it should be and this is it and I was listening to them, but I don't think I was really listening or paying attention to everything that was happening because the journey to that offer was actually extremely exhausting. It took everything out of me. Everything felt wrong about it. But I was like, well, I'm on this journey. Like, what am I going to do? Change my mind now? Like, what the heck am I going to do something? Like, what am I going to do in business, right? And so then when I had met you and I was transitioning into the launch, throughout the time I was with you, I was like working with people 
one-on-one and I was going to meetings and I was like figuring out stuff and just doing something different than what I was being taught to do because I was like I need a minute like I just I need a minute to like just follow whatever is happening here um and then when we went into the immersion I think you were the only one who's really telling me I was in a launch I mean I was in another program um and they didn't call it that and I was just doing I felt like I was doing my own thing like I would there's a curriculum for the program but I was just like mm, we'll see I'm gonna follow what you said but everybody else this is the scariest thing about entrepreneurship you'll be in these rooms and everybody else will like be so farther ahead and it was the first time in my life where I'm like whatever like I, I can't there's nothing I can do here all I can do is actually rely on my analytical part of my brain and begin to understand why are they ahead what skills do they have that I don't have what beginnings do they have what kind of expertise do they have right like that's where I can be and not make it something about me. But in that time, I didn't realize I was really launching. I was like, oh, I'm just trying to do this thing. We'll see if anybody wants to join. We'll see what I'm doing here. Um, and I was actually probably going against what people were telling me to do in regards to who to work with and what to do because I'm stubborn. I mean, I want to do what I want to do. Um, and so in the immersion, I felt like you were asking me to acknowledge that, that like that's what I was doing. And I think I probably was just scared because I'm like, here I am doing this thing again and we'll see if it works out. But one of the most powerful sessions from the immersion for me had to do with, I think I was just like crying for most of the session. I don't know what, it was like- It was an inner child's like, yeah, I remember that. I was yeah. exhausted. I was exhausted. And um, and we were supposed to do something, but I think I just cried and I was like so upset because- I felt like I had put in all this time. I had sacrificed all this stuff. And my inner child was like, what about me? I'm like, we'll get there. And she still wasn't having it. And she didn't feel like she was taken care of in some ways, which she wasn't, right? And so, but yeah, that was like one big part of our time in the immersion. But one of the bigger lessons that I felt I received from our time together was, like, why don't I celebrate when things happen? Like what's behind the fear? Like, what is the fear and not celebrating and not acknowledging? And then also, like, what does it mean to, like, for me, like, receiving and celebration were connected. And so even if I received, I wasn't going to celebrate. Like, how could I tell other people that I accepted things from other people? Um, it was really, really hard, actually. Yeah, there was a lot around receivership, which is interesting, right? And I think for me, just to, like, give insight from, like, the the facilitator seat and what I was seeing was that I really wanted you to acknowledge what you were doing because if we go throughout business like there's a time and place for everything and I could just feel like there was an invitation for you to really firm up in your identity around being a business owner and being an entrepreneur right and if we get too comfortable always seeing ourselves as the one that doesn't know or the one that's just like oh like this like flimsy thing then it's really hard to like want to go for new things or to want to explore new paths because the identity is not rooted. We're kind of still seeing ourselves as a person that doesn't know and the person who doesn't have the answers. So for me, it was important to, I didn't even realize that, that I was like the one that was like, no, this is a launch. But I remember feeling like, no, I really want her to firm up around this identity because we have to, we have to be in order to do. And if we're trying to do without the being, then it's always going to kind of feel like we're chasing our tail around the circle. Um, and I also, it also feels good to know that what we're doing is bigger than just this one little thing, because then with that, we can allow so much more grace and understand why our nervous system is going into such panic and then do that work going into the inner child and applying that medicine of soothing because um, if we never give ourselves credit for the big things that we're doing, then why would we like tend to our inner child? Why would we celebrate? Why would we like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, no, that's just this thing that just I do. And it's not a big deal. And it's nothing. But I remember that uh, that was so beautiful for me to hold you in that and to guide you through that. Because, yeah, receivership is, I mean, it's a big one for people of color, like in general, like, let's just be honest, Re receivership is not as valued as what can you what are you going to give to other people and can you put yourself last and that's how you know you're a good person 
But I'm curious, because in that launch, you actually did have people in the space. How did that feel as you were coming up against this receivership and like celebration and while having people actually come into this offer that you created? One of the big things that I noticed with one of the last people I spoke to about it, I think it was like one of the first or second times I'd ever run a sales call where I was like totally detached. And actually, I had probably assumed... I mean, we went through the whole thing and I was like, oh, this is at the end. I was like, oh, after all this, this person is not necessarily going to be interested in my offer. But I told myself, I said, but I just coached them for like an hour. They can sit and listen to a five, 10 minute pitch. I mean, this ain't no big deal, girl. Um, (laughs) I mean, right. Like I gave tremendous value. I helped them really consider what they were doing. And so, but it's funny. I like pitched and then it was like, oh no, this is what I'm supposed to do because this is what I actually wanted to do. I talked to you about this other thing, but I'm actually interested in creating this, which is in more alignment with what you're doing anyway. And I'm like, oh, this is what happens when I allow people also to like, I think I sometimes like give and I don't really like even see that people receive it either. And that it's okay for me to be like to take up space after giving other people space. Like it was like a really big moment on the call for me. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm glad I just like didn't give up. Uh, based on my assumptions of what you know because I think sometimes you can get on these sales calls and you can like go down sort of a rabbit hole um and sort of get lost in people's stuff and then you come back up but unless you're like centered and in your offer it's kind of hard to guide it even at the end and for me I was selling a group I wasn't I wasn't selling one of where like one-on-one life coaching or business coaching could be made and tailored to the person in front of you. Like my offer was what it was in regards to a group offering, right? Very different. But it was in our time together where like, I felt like, I was like, oh, that was the most easeful. It was like the first time I ever dropped somebody in when I started. Like I never done any of that stuff. Before. I was like, oh, no, this is who I am. Like I have to show up the way that I am because I can't pick and choose what environment gets what part of a cow. Um, <laughs> and so- And so, yeah, like I've been actually reflecting the program was like 12 weeks, but I was with them, I think 14 weeks. And then I gave them some support after. And that was like such a magical time. I think I bought the standing desk like around the time that I started the program because I was like, I can't be sitting and teaching like this. It's just like not working. I've been like standing and teaching for like years. And I feel like actually doing the program, like the thing that I tell people is like what happened to me, which is like. Once people are ready to learn from you, like you show up, like, I don't know how to tell people that, but, and the part of you that shows up is going to be surprising to you. Like there are still moments I look back and I'm like, oh, like I did that because I just don't, you can't always see it until you do it a few times. Um, And so I feel like all our work really helped with that because I don't know if I would have been as confident, like one telling myself like, what's different here? What do I need in regards to like, a setup so that I can teach the way that I meant to. And then how do I allow myself to teach in the way that I meant to? Because what I was teaching was very different than what I've done in the classroom. And so I was taking the stuff I had learned there, but when I decided to do it, I was like, oh, like that's why I tell people, you just have to get started because you don't even, I think people want to like figure out their framework and like do all this stuff. And I'm like, why don't you just go teach it? It's going to come. And they're like, I don't understand. And I was like, I'm going to tell you your brain is going to like come up with something. But when I got started, my brain would never have imagined that at almost every session, I wanted to do a somatic exercise in every session. I didn't want to lecture in every session. I wanted at least once a week to be in energy space, to balance and to explore things related. I wouldn't have known any of that, honestly, if I hadn't just started, because I just did it for my brain. It would have just been like information overload. Yeah. With like sprinkled coaching to help people with the info overload. And I mean, it's just like that, right? Like if we look at programs, like that's really what it is. I feel like sometimes it's just like straight information. And then they're like, oh, we're here when you get overloaded or you have a question. And then that's it. Um, And so I learned a lot, but all that voice work, like I remember this amazing somatic exercise you had us do and own your voice. And that I had met, I think I had met myself in my voice or something. It was beautiful. Nevertheless, that image of myself from that exercise is the one I return to when I teach. Like even now when I help people, my membership, like I don't, I, when I sit down, that posture's not her. But when I'm standing and teaching, it's like a totally different posture 
Um, and I miss that. And I'm like, I think that's why I really want to do a group again. Cause I'm like, Oh, I want that Raquel back. Cause it's kind of, it's the teaching environment asks that of me, right. It doesn't just come up in like a one-on-one coaching. That's a little different. Right. So. Oh my God. So gorgeous. Okay. First of all, everybody needs to, everybody's going to have any sort of group, Facebook group course, group program, like what you just dropped was gold because it's such a shift because so much of um, the marketing part, right. Of like selling a group is you have to have your framework. You have to have everything fully fleshed out. And I know one of the main like mottos that came through was the community builds the leader. And I think in that it's like the people will tell you. And part of being a leader is being able to be plugged in to what your people actually need. And then the entrepreneurial gift of being flexible and a problem solver, that's where that can come to life when you're in the seat of service versus the seat of just trying to create something out of thin air. Um, I want to also get believe the-, the intuitive sense also comes in. Yeah. Like you can't even see that in yourself until you see it. Like you can't even imagine it. Like I'm sure you've seen it too. in the way you lead somatic, like the activation stuff. I'm like, I don't know if you would have seen that in yourself before you did it. Right. Like, it's just something that comes out of you as a gift that you have to like, be like, Oh, okay. This is what I do. You know? Yeah. I want to touch on what you mentioned with the the posture and and the voice but before we do because I know people will ask like well if I don't have the framework if I don't have everything fully fleshed out what's my anchor like what do I go back to to try to sell this thing and communicate this thing I hear that all the time so what what do you say on that two anchors one is like the outcome like what kind of life what kind of person are you helping this person become by the end of your time together and that has to be very clear it can't be like Oh, they're happy dandy. I'm like, about what? In regards to what? Um, I know in the self-development world, we're like, oh yeah, they'll be able to care for themselves. I was like, so what does that tangibly look like? That means they're going to have like a weekly practice, a daily practice and a monthly practice. And you'll teach them to plan for the year. Do you see how like specific like that is a comparison to I help you take care of yourself? I'm like, oh, that or means. Be your authentic self. Like, what does that mean? What is- I mean, it knows what that means. Yeah. Um. So being very clear on the outcome in the sense of like, you can be clear on like, what's the knowledge you want them to have? What are the topics related to that that you feel like you need to introduce them to? But you also need to be very clear on like, well, how are you going to know that what you gave them actually resulted in something that changed their life? That's what the outcome is. It allows you to see as a barometer, right? And then the second thing I say is like, I'm a professor, so I'm like a syllabus. So if you look at what I did with my group program, I like mapped it out. I think I did every section the way I thought I would. Like the topics were there. Like I knew what was guiding me. You know, what what I didn't know was like every single week how I was going to break it down until I was in that week. Um, And I think that's because I love like in the moment getting a tap on like what is going on here. Because there was a point in the middle of the program, I was like, yeah, there's no more content right now. Like, they're super at this point. And I think I'm here at this point energetically. And so we need to just like play with one another. We need to like figure out that. But if I wasn't paying attention to them and I just wanted to fill out the schedule, I wouldn't have done that. And so I always tell people, build in like a week of buffer so you can account for what the things that you can't account for right now. So one of my students was like, oh, yeah two different topics. I spent two weeks on them instead of one week. I'm like, right. Cause that's what happens, right? Like people, you're the expert. And so you know it and you think it's going to happen immediately for them, but it, it doesn't. So those are the two anchors for me. Like, what is it you want them to get out of it? And how will you know that? And then like, do you have an outline for how you want to get them there? Like whether, and that outline can include like, what are the topics and what are the exercises that you want them to take part in? Yeah. I love that. That's really for own your voice. I mean, I don't know if you all knew this, but like every week I would kind of show be like, all right, how am I going to facilitate this? Like I, I had the week by week, but yeah. And I think it's also like the gift of being generators too. like our sacral is always in response. So it was hard for me to like fully flesh out a six week journey. Like who the hell knows where people are going to be week three, week five. Like there were certain milestones that I knew we were going to get to, but I don't know what it's going to look like. So I think it just gives people a lot of freedom and life force back um, to be creative and to trust that when you're in it with them, you'll, you'll, you won't have to guess what they need. You'll know 
and they'll give you the information, but it's just about setting that strong frame for people to initially come in and like relax into. And then the community builds a leader, which is such a badass motto for your brand. Um, I also want to remind people that um, if you, just because you think you're like new at something doesn't mean you can't charge what you want for it and also doesn't mean um that you're as new as you think you are per se right because there's a ton of teaching skills in the ways that people coach people like you have skills in you that you've been using in other ways and so remember that um and then remember like if you're if you think you're scared think about your students Right, like I always like, I'm always like, get in the student's shoes. You think they might be excited, but they're also kind of scared. Like most of us, when we start something new, we're like, "What's gonna happen?" You know what I mean? Like, so like, remember, you know, one that like they're just as in their boots as you are, really. No matter what you sign up for, people are like, "Oh fuck!" Like, what did I sign up for? Not in like I don't know what it is, but like, what is it gonna ask of me? Right, and then two, like, people care more about the attention that you give them than the particular particularities of your curriculum. And I think people, I underestimated how much people enjoy being a part of something that's being developed. Cause it's like, wow, they get to shape it with you. Like, can you sell them on that too? Cause I think people find that to be special. And if they don't and they want something more formal then there are other people in the market who give it to them. Right. Um, but those are just my reminders. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> Um, so yeah, side note, if anybody is building out a group program, course, anything, hit Raquel up. And if you already have something established, but you want to take your group to the next level, you want people to get even better results, strong sense of community, customer loyalty, Raquel is also your person. So I just have to shout that out. Um, <laughs> this is just like tip of the iceberg of like the wisdom that she has. So what I wanted to go back to though, was around the voice um, and I can't even tell you, like, I could cry when you talked about, like, viscerally feeling the posture. Um, I call it the leading voice. Like, when we connect to our leading voice, it's your body. This is what I love about somatics, too. It's almost like you're building muscle memory. So you step into these certain rooms, and your body knows how to take shape and ground, and then be able to execute, deliver. And it's so cool to develop that trust with our own body and our own intuition of like, we are building that muscle memory, that somatic muscle memory of, yeah, I walk into these spaces and my voice is there and my, my body is, is it feels safe, but it also feels activated to be able to execute in a certain way. And that's my biggest, like, that was really my biggest thing that I wanted throughout that program, because if we have access to that like if we know that that's there and we see that in ourselves then going out and doing the thing whatever the thing is becomes a lot easier because we're going on this we have this bridge of safety we have this bridge of also like knowing what we have within us and you can't unsee what you see and you can't unfeel what you feel in those exercises it's like oh man I know what that felt like (laughs) and that becomes your compass um so thank you so much for sharing that because I literally like I just felt chills all over my body because that's a really powerful like somatic compass to have. And speaking of somatic compasses, we also went into um, Own Your Legacy. We did that in a, in a private container and it was so fun to jump into another private container having had like the rich foundation of Own Your Voice and then the, the immersion. And one of the things that I really loved seeing was your maturity like your, your entrepreneurial maturity, your CEO come through specifically with um, like knowing, first of all, reserving the right to change your mind because you were going to offer this thing and then you're like, no, mm-hmm. it's not the right time. So just seeing, com- comparing and contrasting the person before who was like, I can't change my mind. I just have, to, it doesn't feel right, but I'm going to do it to the Raquel. I was like, yeah, it doesn't feel right. Like I just, it's not time for this it was so freaking cool. And then the version of you that was also like, you had this somatic compass of, yeah, I think this is a season where I just need to go this route and like develop this curiosity. And I want to learn more about copywriting, but in this way, and I'm going to 
I'm going to go that route. Like it was so fun and fulfilling to see you in that fuller ownership of like your CEO uh, cycle, your CEO pattern, your CEO, like somatic cues. Um, so yeah, I just had to say that because that was so fun for me to see. Well, one, I appreciate you reflecting that back to me because I think I forget about the journey and I like it all just like melts into a hot mess of have I figured anything out yet? Um, right. Um, but there is something, um, it was, I mean, I was sitting on like trains and automobiles, sending you boxer notes, still in touch with my body to be like, fuck no or fuck yes. And I mean, that's like a different Raquel. Like I, one, I never imagined I'd be commuting this year. Um, I thought I'd always just be driving. And so to have those conversations and be in route and see time and still see like, oh, wow, like this thing I've been working on for years, this well-being thing, like it's like here, if I pay attention to it, no matter where I am, because I think sometimes in the world, they like to tell you like, you need to be in an ashram, or you need to be in a quiet space. And like, that's how you can like hear your body. You know, like, I mean, I think sometimes there's just some shit out there. Right. And I think that's how it's portrayed. Like, just sit and be a moment by yourself. I'm like, well, I sat on a train moving at God knows at what pace. And I was having a conversation and I could feel my body in response to it because I was paying attention enough to myself. Right. Um, but I, I'll be honest, when you said that, it reminded me, I think during our time together and on your legacy, we did a like, I, I had like let go or I had finished certain other containers I'd been in for a while. And I finally felt like, I think I told you that I was like, I was so happy to be at the end of them. I felt like I could, I felt like a kid in school where like the school year was done and now I could do what I wanted to do. And that's how I knew I had made the right choice. Um, but I always, I have this whole series I'm going to do on like, how do you figure out who you want to learn from? And you do it by making a lot of mistakes and realizing what parts of you are seeking what in the market. Right. Um, and I think that's like, when we came together for that, series I was like done with everybody I had nobody to like tell them. I had chosen not to continue with them and I was like well, what am I doing I was like I don't know what I'm doing is I'm exploring my brand which was really helpful because I think I was like very when you're like I think I had met you after that time I had finished the launch and it had failed even though I don't like to say that because I got a client out of it so it's not really a failure um it just failed to meet the goals I had set for it and I was like, okay, what does this mean? And I was just taking a moment. And in our time together, I was like, it was really helpful to just be like, girl, step back a minute. Like, this is like a fraction of what you have to offer. And technically what I have to, it's like, and by a fraction, it's like, it's part of my soul's work, but it's like a fraction of that work. It doesn't feel like that's all of it. And so when I sat with you to map out and consider the brand, I was like, oh, like, where's the love of all these other things? And how do I want to serve? And for what reason? And where does that fit in? And that was like really helpful at a moment where I could have just probably just stopped or taken a long break or something. Yeah. 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 And I, I love that because I know so many entrepreneurs right now are facing that decision of like, do I just keep it at this level, like this one avenue, this one offer, this one way of serving that I'm known for? Or do I stop pushing a boulder up a hill? Because <laughs> that's what it often feels like when we're truncating the fullness of our brand and like what we're here to do, it's literally exhausting. Like we have to continue to push ourselves to stay in that box. And I've talked to so many entrepreneurs that are like, it feels safer to do that, although it's exhausting um, because they feel it can feel really overwhelming to see and somatically feel the full breadth of like your brand and like what you're really here to do. I mean, that is like talk about responsibility, like to see what God is calling us to really do. Um, but it also brings back a lot of creativity and hope and life force to be like, oh, my gosh, look at all of these different layers that I can bring in and like, this feels more right. This feels correct. Especially in a marketing like culture of truncating everything, like make it super clear, shorten it, make it easier to digest, like cut it down, dumb it down, water it down. Oh, it kills like, me. 
yeah it's we lose so much of ourselves and then we wonder why nobody wants to engage with our content it's like because it's like two percent of who we are um so it was really what I really loved about that process because I mean I get lit up right alongside y'all <laughs> like when we're doing it I'm like oh my god like I get so excited because we can feel truth like your body knows truth when it's there and it was so cool to see like physically mapped out all of these different elements of truly yours oh like it was like so fun and I feel like going into you know next year 2024 and all other years I think that's going to be a trend where we're going to see people bringing together things that you know elements of their brand or elements of their expression or of their gifts that they've left separate either like separate accounts or separate businesses or they've just kept hidden we're going to see a lot of people bringing it all together because this truncated version of us is not we think it's safe but it's it's actually becoming this like block yeah, I also imagine like, you know, that's what the big wigs say. They're like, stick with one offer, one thing. And that's how you can make your your thousands, your millions, right? I mean, it's like very evident um, that that's like the path that, that the one offer brings you that. But it's also bullshit, right? Because if you pull the curtain behind it, that one offer may be like a third of their business because then they're bringing in people to all the other damn offers, but they don't want to talk to you about that shit. Cause they're not, they're only telling you if you bought something on the first level from them, right? Like that's what I hate about this world. Sometimes I'm just like, stop, like stop crying. Cause like, how many other masterminds you got though? Like you, even if you got one more at the price tag you charge, that shit's like 50% of your revenue though. Like, let's be for real. Stop telling, oh, the other things will happen. I'm like, okay. What if some of us don't want to work with the same client at three levels? Right? Like I think that like that in the coaching world, it's like very almost formulaic and it's like, oh, they'll. You know, like I was told for a long time, like, oh, you just help people make money. Like, that's the next level. I'm like, I don't want to help people make money because I don't know how to do that. And I don't think I'm going to be lit up about that. Yes. And there are other people who help people do that. But don't I have other things? And then I thought about my ladder and I was like, oh, my ladder is not about scaling your course. My ladder is like, if my skill set is like teaching and writing, then my ladder is like, oh, once you know how to do that, how do I help you use that to communicate something to the outer world? Like that's my ladder. But in the business realm, it's always like the next ladder is like helping people make even more money or something, which I guess part of what I'm doing is doing that. But I think sometimes things can just be made out to be so black and white. And if you stick with it, like it'll it'll work. And I'm like, come on, all of you have had, I don't know how many offers you weren't telling people that until you found that one. Um, But but if we asked you in an interview, you might share, but it's not on the platform. It's not what you share. It's not what you built stuff on. Right. So truth, <laughs> truth bomb. Um, I also want to talk to you about uh, sales because that oh, was yeah. a big element of conversation too. Um, and just to give people context, we had our last session and I don't know why. I, I really just was like, I think we just ran out of time or I don't know. I just didn't come through to like share any other ways to work together. I think, and I think I was also just like, we have a relationship. She knows where to find me. Like it's fine. And you sent me this Voxer message essentially saying like the way that you are discovering sales and the way that you want to pursue it is so different than how you've been taught and realizing as a client what it can feel like to desire to be sold to which traditionally we're like I don't want to be sold to and we're like sold to all the time and it feels gross and annoying um so you are feeling that on the client side but then as the coach and CEO side now you're also feeling that relief of not really wanting to operate within the rules of sales and discovering what that can look like in your brand. And I just love this conversation because so many people are fed up with being sold to number one, and also selling in a way that feels like it, it just, it doesn't feel right to them. The, the conversation of like, you have to get a yes on the call and you have to get payment on the call and you have to, you know, meet these certain things on a sales call. And if they have an objection, you have to beat it and like coach them at that. Like, there's just so much bullshit around sales. So 
I would just love for you to share a little bit about what that, what those different awarenesses that came in were around, because I feel like so many people, especially going into the new year are on this boat of like, how am I going to sell in a way that is an integrity and also, you know, effective, of course, because we're, we're business owners at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I had sent you this message because I was sad for the first time ever that I had never been pitched to um, at the end of something. Like usually there's a, even if you're continuing with someone, they're like, these are other supports. And I found that sentiment to be really odd for me because I usually get stressed and I'm like, okay, they're going to say something and I have to be ready to say no because I have no more money to spend at this moment. Um, and I have to like, that's like me. Like I always say I'm a codependent in recovery, like saying no and being ready to say no is something I have to ready my body and my voice to say, like it doesn't people are like, Oh, but you speak so wonderfully. I was like, yeah, but I'm a people pleaser. And I'm like, how dare I say no? Um, even if I don't have the money, I like, I'm like, well, I guess I could finance it. Like I just like literally struggle with that. And so at the end of our session, I was like, well, what's that about? I want a Daisy to offer me something. I'm like, yeah, cause Daisy's awesome. And she like actually really helped me. Um, and there's something about working with you that like ties me directly to who I feel like I'm supposed to be in the business, but sometimes can get lost in the noise of when you get into the work and when you listen to people and all that stuff. And it was, you're one of the first people I've met that when I work with you, it's like a return. I'm like, yeah, but you know, um, a return to myself. And that was a very odd sentiment because I have spent a long time going to these coaching calls for like sales calls for like five figure investments, four figure investments. Um, and not knowing how to say no, even though the answer is clearly no. Um, or I'm like, oh, if I get on the call, then I'm like, oh, it's gotta be a yes. Cause that's why I'm getting on the call. Um, <laughs> otherwise I don't, I don't get on the call. Um, and I think in our journey together, it made me like really think about like, oh, if I want Daisy to pitch to me, I'm like, what does that say about my investments in the business now? Because in the past, the investments are very much based on like, what do I need? Who do I need to invest with in order to get what I need? Rather than like, I think I made an investment in you and something else from a place of like, oh, no, I've been wanting to do this. Like, these are the people. Like, there's another branding program I bought into that isn't starting anytime soon. And then you, and I was like, oh, no, those are, like, conscious choices that I'm excited to because they're not necessarily... To me, like, the di the actual direct relation to financial ROI, I've tried to move away from because of what's happened in the first few programs. Have I received some of those? Yes, but have I received enough to recoup the initial investment? Not necessarily all the time. And so now this is part of the learning I was talking about before. I was like, well, how do I get into this and give it due diligence without it being in like survival mode of like, I got to do this because I got to make back the money and I got to do this. And if I don't make the money back, then like, where am I going to get the money to pay the investment at the end? Right? Like, I mean, it's like a never ending. Um, and I was like, it's like the first time a year, a year later where I'm like, oh no, like I want to do this because this is what I feel like is the next step in the journey of the business and and what I'm exploring for myself rather than like, I need this thing to do this thing versus yeah. even like when I signed up for the copywriting, I was like, I'm like so interested in this. I don't know if I want to do done for you work. I said, but I don't want to join the other copywriters that just teach me for my brand because I'm such a wordsmith. I'm like, I can figure that shit out. I'm really like, oh, how do I like understand the psychology of what these people are doing online to see if I agree with it or not? Um, and I was like, that I can get into. And at a price tag where it doesn't destroy me to be in a position to just learn, right? Yeah. Because it's like, I think that's what the high amount sometimes, unless you're in business and you're bringing in higher amounts of revenue, like you're newer and it's extensive. It, it can hurt. And then your body's sort of out of whack. And that's why I like working with people for like, three to six months, I'm like, no, we're not doing this course thing on some like crack speed where like, then you're stressed out. And then that's what you think you finna like maintain, like, that's not healthy or helpful for you. Like, this has to be at a place where this is what it feels like to give. This is an offering that hopefully will continue to give to you and your business. Like we can't start that on some like stressed ass level. Like, it's just too much. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to go through the transformation process when we're already starting from a dysregulated place. And that's what I have come to question, 
even like with my own sales practices, because, you know, similarly, I've been mentored by these people that have a bunch of zeros and commas next to their name. And, and it's intimidating to think, well, who am I to challenge them when clearly it works, like they have the results. I don't have seven figures in my business yet. But something that kept bringing me back was like, I don't want to sell on the back of scarcity or fear or like FOMO, like this idea that I'm going to get there if you don't hire me, because I don't want people, first of all, I'm not Jesus. I'm not nobody's savior. Second of all, that's like the beginning of codependency though. Yeah. And also like, I don't want somebody to go into a dysregulated state to work with me because I'm putting double burden on me to get them back into a regulated state to then allow them to transform. But then also for them, like, how are they going to really get the full depth of transformation and growth if they're already starting from negative 10 as far as energy? Um, and, And I think for me too, reflecting back on the times that I've made investments out of a dysregulated state, the biggest thing for me was to your point, like I need to invest in this because without this and this person, I'm not going to have, like, I don't have the power or the smarts or the whatever to get this result. Mm-hmm. And that's a sticky line, right? Like that's a sticky line to dance on because if we're already coming in, seeing ourselves as not having the power we're going to be prone to doing a lot of things or yeah, getting results, but getting results that then six months later burn us out because from the start, from the jump, we said we didn't have power. Mm. So uh, like this, this sales process has been a lot about like, at least for me in this past year of shedding, I mean, I've done so much shedding around like marketing and sales. And for me, it's been like, how can I make the sales process an empowering coming back into sovereignty for somebody versus pushing my agenda on somebody else. Like, I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know what you need and what you don't need, but I can offer how I can serve you and how I can help you and what my gifts are. And if that aligns, great. If it doesn't, I'm not going to pressure you to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think that was one of the things that we were talking about back and forth is like, you don't realize like, so if I spent my time being dysregulated as I was being sold to, then I agree to be in containers that continue that, that then teach me how to do it. And then I enact it on other people. And um, and it's heart-wrenching because I doubt I enacted it nearly as much as others because I just don't, I don't have the wherewithal in sales to be like. Um, but I did enact it in certain practices that I just don't agree with, but I took part in. And, and the practice could be as simple as like withholding price till someone gets on. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything out of this world, but there are practices that I felt like I had to learn and be like, why does this feel so wrong? What is this tied to? Like I had to work with another coach and be like, why is this such a problem for me? And then she had to like point out colonialism and capitalism and like how it's just a different world. And when and how all of that exists in the online business realm, like, cause it's the water everywhere. Right. But I knew that from being in education, cause that's all I studied was like systems of oppression and women and feminism. And I knew that, but I had like, forgotten it as I entered a new place. And with sales, it becomes very, as you hire these people to help you, and then, you know, something feels off, but you're pressured to make money. And then when you're done with them, I think I was just telling you last week, like I'm, I'm finished with these people. And I'm still feeling some type of way about going against the grain. And that's like, that's half the mental battle um, to really be like, oh, but I'm not going to do the thing the way they told me to do. And I'm like, well, does that mean I don't get results? I was like, I don't know what it means. But what I know is that it doesn't feel good to do it. And something in my body and in my heart is telling me this is off. Right. Um and I think it's hard. I think it's still hard for me. I don't know about other people. Um, and I've had calls with people. I've had sales calls and I still, I feel like it's still something I'm adjusting to. Um, but, but yeah, I was going to say something else. Oh, I had this moment with you the other day where I realized like, oh, things can be separated. Like I can make different choices than other people. I think even though this is why you sign up for entrepreneurship, like, so, like you say, like 
Sometimes we choose to give away our power, but sometimes we don't even know that we're doing it by continuing with some practices that we're no longer being held accountable to in these containers. And so there's a moment I had with someone where I'd heard something in a podcast and I was like, why don't I just do that? Like I give them coaching in one session and if they want to get on a sales call, then like that's a separate call. It's not combined and then all muddy and messy with stuff. Um, I was like, how would that work? And it actually worked out well because in the consulting world, it like actually helps me to get clarity when I'm done with you to see like what was really coming up there. Um, and what, like, where do I envision they could do whatever with their course or group program, like that space. And it was only two days really helped me be able to consider what would sales look like if I decided to run it this way? Like, could I set up better boundaries for myself so that I'm more detached? And that then the first call where I go into serve is also me learning about these people. And then the second call is just more about me learning how to do sales. And if it ends up being a sales call at the end of the coaching, then like, that's great. But they've they've consented to that after I've said that that's not what we're going to do. That's a very yeah. different parameter, right? Um, but trying to do all that just feels so different from what we're taught and what we see and what other people do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like get somebody on a call and on that first call, you're supposed to coach them, give them value pitch and get them to say yes and get them to hand over payment and a deposit. It's like, whoa, like that's a lot to do in one call and just a lot of energy. And, and I know for me, like I started doing, I started testing that with target market research calls. Cause like the, I set the intention, like, this is not a sales call. I'm not going to come up here and tell you that this is for me to like, ask you questions and for you to get coaching and then hit you with a pitch at the end. Like <laughs> this is two separate things. And yeah, like sometimes people are like, wait, so how can you like, do you help with this? And I'm like, that's a separate call. Like let's honor the intention. Um, and I, and I, I don't think it's about making sales this like because I've heard the argument of like, well, sales is natural. Like we shouldn't fight it. It's like, well, it's not really about fighting it. It's more so about giving it the respect that it deserves and knowing that when we have a sales conversation, we're asking somebody to make decisions and consider what's going to be best for them. And that deserves the respect of having more than just a pressured conversation and digging into their pain points and like asking them to connect to what they want and being like well what if that doesn't happen because if you don't sign up that's not going to happen like I hate that oh my god um yes. yeah so I just I really love that that you shared all of that with me at the end and also a reminder for me to <laughs> like, like maybe maybe share more when I finish with people but it honestly like I think it was just meant to be that way because that's, I think it was, there was something about this sales conversation that was meant to come up and a bigger liberation on the other side of knowing that we really do get to decide and we can no longer make money the, like, we can no longer make money our God in being the reason why we shut down what we know is right to satisfy money like money is the byproduct of us delivering value of of us being in our gifts of us serving people and whether we want to share the price publicly or not like that's not going to dictate our business going to you know seven figures or not yeah and what you reminded me too I think when you're early in business like for me I think I had this like awakening a week or two ago. I'm like, oh, like, I just think people are lucky to have me for some reason. And it comes from like an upbringing of like, I feel like I'm just being accommodated. So like sometimes even the sale, the whole, I feel like the my entire relationship with sales is a relationship with self and how I navigate like the deepest relationships from my upbringing, right? So sometimes I go into sales like, oh gosh, like I'll just be lucky if I get a client rather than like thinking like, well, how special would it be for us to work together? How how supportive could I be to this person's way of being if they choose to move forward with this? Like other times I'm like, and then I sometimes I'm like, well, I only have so many spots. Why do I act like I could coach anyone? Right? Because I, I work full time. So I'm like, I don't, 
and I love coaching. I, I don't think I want to work one-on-one with folks as a full-time load either. Um, so I'm like, there are moments in the sales process where I'm like, well, what is this? Like, what is this revealing to me about what I think about myself? Because there are moments where I'm like, oh, well, they're just like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, like, I don't know what the word is. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, yeah, I, I guess it's nice that I could help them or something. <laughs> right? Like that, I, that I'm not much. Right? And they're like, oh, I guess I'm, I'm lucky to have a client. Right? Rather than like, yeah, but I cultivated how many years of knowledge and education and I know how to communicate in certain ways and I have this innate ability to ask questions that help people get somewhere. Like I'm really just gonna think that that's like not a value um, when I show up on the call or like just in the way that I engage with sales. Cause I think that's also part of it with me. It's just like, it just revealed a lot about myself and I'm like, woof, you know? Yeah, it reveals anywhere where we are not fully realizing our own value because sales and people's, you know, yes or no's, people showing up to the calls or not, like that will quickly mirror back what we believe to be true about ourselves. Um, this was so good. Thank you so much for taking the time to go through and like debrief a whole year's worth <laughs> of work and of growth and of evolution. Um, and honestly, it's just been, I say this to every client and I hope it doesn't lose meaning, but it really is such an honor for me to have the seat of seeing that evolution and like seeing your growth and seeing your process. That's such a, that's like the most special seat in the house. <laughs> Other than God, it's like the most special seat in the house. And I feel so honored to have gone through this year with you. And I'm so excited for where truly your salute goes next year. It's going to be so good. All right, everybody, where can people hang out with you? I know you're on Instagram. I know you got a Facebook mm -hmm. group. So tell the peeps where they can chat you up. Yeah, so on Instagram, you can find me at truly your salute. So S-A-L-U-D. And that's where I post the most often, probably. And then in my Facebook group, I give away free goodies all the time in the sense of like, if you're feeling stuck, I have all these different kinds of digital products. I think in the new year, I'm going to roll them out for people in there and test them and see how it goes. So it's going to be so much fun. So definitely join us in there. And that's where I like go live. And if I always tell people, if you need like a quick education on creating a course, it's like in the guides of the Facebook group for free um, and other fun things. And so yeah, that's where you can find me. Amazing. All right, everybody, make sure to hit Raquel up on the interwebs, join your Facebook group, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Hey, amiga, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'd love to feature your review live on the air on the next episode. Yes. All you got to do is head on over to iTunes, drop a review, and let me know what you're most enjoying about the podcast. También, be sure to subscribe to get first word when a fresh episode drops. Your support means so much to me and I can't wait to share more with you on the next episode. See you then.